Hey, what's up, everyone? English Dave here with my co-host Rocket Mike, Raven, and Mercedes. What's up, everyone? What's up? What up? We are here for our weekly discussion on HBO's Lovecraft Country. This past week, we had episode six. Meet me in Dave. Is it Daegu? Mm-hmm. Yes, meet me in Daegu. The synopsis is as follows. In the throes of the Korean War, nursing student Jaya crosses paths with a wounded Atticus who has no recollection of their violent first encounter. This is a long time coming episode. We've been teased of the character Jaya. The first time we saw her was in Tech's vision as the Princess of Mars. Um, we've only heard her voice and seen her in visions but those visions aren't exactly real life this is we get to finally see what she's like she's played by jamie chung this show is, continues to do a great job of taking actors who i was kind of like okay they're fine i'm indifferent to them to really being like okay i see you as an actor now and i think with jamie chung i see her as an actor now not just someone who can you know say read the script or whatever i think she really delivered so i'm going to start with you yeah. raven what did you think of this episode uh, this episode as a whole, wow. Um, I think just even the themes that the episode touches on, um, you know, I think the show always does a great job of merging history or like educating without it being all in your face. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, here you go, this is the situation, this is society at the time, Google it if you need to, but we're going to deal with this family, you know? Um, <clears throat> I like I like the idea of, I think, you know, the cultural expectations, I like the general themes of this episode. I loved the acting. Um, like you said, <clears throat> Jamie Chung, for me, I didn't really even see as an actress before this. And I felt like this episode really showed me her skills as an actress. And she's easily become one of my favorites in the show, too. Mm -hmm. Mike, same question. What do you think of this week's episode? Uh, like I was saying before, um, it filled in a lot of gaps. Um, it did... It was half a standalone episode, but also a prequel to everything kind of building off of what we've already seen. Uh, we understand a lot more of Atticus and what was like before he came back home. Um, and then all the mysterious calls that we knew was pretty much the only mystery left, uh, but was also one of the most intriguing. So this one was really exciting. Also gets more into other mythology and lore besides what's in the U.S., so in order to um, jump off that with actual history, as it's always been doing outside of our own country, this uh, has been, man, it keeps getting one of my favorites. It's like mm -hmm. it's getting better and better. So, yeah, this is now, I think, one of my new favorites. Uh, Sadies, you're, you are a fan of Asian cinema, both animated and live action. And Definitely. I feel like this, this episode kind of dabbles in some of it, especially the mythology of it all. So how did you think of this episode? Um, I just think this episode took, like, if, metaphorically speaking, if it was a relay race from crazy rich Asians and what we saw from what we could do on how we can make other cultures beautiful and just resonate on screen, like, this episode definitely took that torch from that. Because if that didn't happen, we would not have been able to see a culmination of this. Because this was even a more raw experience. You know, it, it had the ugly parts of wars that we've had with uh within the korean war it mm. had it it had the not so glamorous moments and it also had moments where it showed that the immigrant did have the american dream you know she's in korea she's not here she's in korea watching 
a Judy Garland movie and it still is resonating with her the same way that that film resonated with Americans. So mm -hmm. I thought that that was a beautiful kind of like scene because it just showed once again that dummies, all humans are the same. The, mm -hmm. the things that we like in pop culture are the things that all brown, white, you know, whatever people love. So that's why mm -hmm. I appreciated this episode because it just showed that in a different you know, in a different culture. Like we've been showing it from a black perspective and then we have this one glimpse and you're going to give homage to Asia. And I think that's really awesome that they spent, it, like they did a really good job. It's not mm -hmm. just like, oh, we just gave you, like we gave you, we gave you an episode, but you gave them a whole episode to tell a story. Mm -hmm. um, now you, you already started off in terms of some of our discussion points in terms, in terms of the opening scene. I did like the opening scene in showing her that she loves movies and just the escape that movies give you. You know, that's part mm -hmm. of her escape. And like you said, mentioned, the American American dream. Part of this episode is also showing us, as much as it's branching out, it's showing us how another part of the world sees America, how America is to to the other world, right? The other part of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge kind of point of view that many americans Definitely aren't aware appreciated of that. right it's like how does america look from the other the world's point of view from what america the world wants because the rest of the world wants america to be the great nation it says it is right this also we used i mean we used to be it's only now where now it's like we're embarrassed to tell people where we're from but like that's you know <laughs> proud to be an american was a song for a reason Come but on, i even man, think like, one used to know judy garland you know, Thank, yeah, like, yeah, but I even think that's. But part I also of love that that's why you know I, I definitely think that that's why it's used. And exactly I that because the film starts with Judy Garland in her glory, you know, her glory mm -hmm. days when she mm -hmm. was at her prime, you know, which is how you view America, you know, at the time. It's like everyone's with the American dream, and you know, so I feel like you see that side and it starts that way, and it ends with. um one of the last, you know, recorded speeches that she has, well, not speeches, just conversations, mm -hmm. um, interviews, where you can tell what years in Hollywood has done to her, you mm -hmm. know, and how it's affected her, how it's changed her. Even her tone is completely different, you know, but it's the same woman. And I feel like that's how you feel in the end of the episode, you know. And and I do love that, that they use Judy Garland, because it's like, well, this is the dream, this is the perception, this is the image, and this is what's really happening, mm -hmm. this is who this character exactly. is. And I and think this that's is what you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> no, I was just going to say. I think Raven hit the nail on the head in terms of it wasn't. It was that the dream was just that a dream, but the reality is mm. this, right? That's why I love yeah. the scene where you go from her in the movie theater straight to the Americans in their tanks coming. We're bringing freedom. We're bringing freedom <laughs> to everybody. You know, I just thought. <gasps> yeah. yeah. In fact, Mike, I want to ask you about about that sequence. <laughs> you know, like how much, Thanks. how much, how much of the you know the Korean War. Is one of those things this is another great show that's doing something for us where it's educating us or at least piquing our interest in things that we're like wait how do i not know much about this yeah you know yeah <laughs> like, how much like did you know about the korean war for this right uh, right this is also highlighting a lot that we didn't get i don't know about you but i'm guessing uh your public education was the same as mine we didn't get a lot on the korean war got out like no. five to seven years on world war ii got like a blink of the first world war nothing on vietnam and almost nothing on korea so a lot of this was over the years has had to like learn myself um because it was one of those where it wasn't like there, there was no decided winner it still isn't it's still technically a, a cold like quote unquote a cold war going on right now 
um, it was there was never made peace. So with America being involved, they see that as a loss, and that's why they don't want to teach that or talk about it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we don't talk about the ones we lost. Exactly. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah or no. someone say, "Oh, it was a tie." You know, right. it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, there was no real winner. We <laughs> agreed to disagree. That's what I feel like. Everyone <laughs> that talks was, about Vietnam, though. we agreed to disagree. We left because you know we decided that it's fine. Yeah. We gave them freedom, right? You know, it's like, only millions murdered, whatever. You know, and and the context of the Korean War, you know, like yeah. <laughs> Korea, South Korea had gone through a lot up to this point with World War II and the mm-hmm. Japanese invasion and now the Americans. It, it also speaks to how it affected uh, the culture, you know, their culture and, and their kind of relationships with each other. And Raven, I want to go into this with you. One of the big aspects of this episode is the relationship between Jaya and her mother, right? In terms of, I love how it opens up mm-hmm. talking about how they have no respect because there's no man in the house. You know, the mom, mm-hmm. you know, I love how it sets up. I don't know if you felt the same way, how it sets up that, oh, it's about the mother sending her to find a man, almost like Mulan style, right? Yeah, I was actually going to say that. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate the fact that this episode kind of plays on your, not assumed, but almost like learned prejudices, you know, mm-hmm. or like the, the Hollywood tropes that we all mm-hmm. come to expect. And I definitely thought for a while that this story was going to basically be the, you know, American betrayal of, you know, uh, Korean culture at the time. Mm -hmm. So I do like that they play on your emotions because my first time watching the episode, obviously, I thought, wow, mm -mm, that's so messed up. You know, she needs a man to justify her and Mm -hmm. everything's about honor, you know, and I feel like that's every time you watch an American film, that's that's the comment, you know, it's like, oh, there's so much pressure in Korea, you know, Asian cultures. It's so so much pressure. Kids can't be kids. You know, it's this whole thing. You can't be your true self. So I definitely thought that this episode would be that. But I appreciated that. I felt like the I felt like that's what made it relatable. I feel like um, Mm. had we known in that moment going in that, you know, she wasn't a human uh, per se, I I think that it definitely would have changed the approach because Mm -hmm. watching in the beginning, you get to know the human side of her. We get to see her feelings or perceived feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. it seems it seems as if she's ashamed in the beginning mm-hmm. or, you know, as if she really wants her mother's approval and, you know, she feels disappointment, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I, I did love that angle, how it plays to everyone, especially Americans idea of, Oh, you know, angsty, you know, upbringing, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's definitely a big thing. And I think that they played on that very well, you know, um, in this, because, you know, I got, got, I definitely go watching one thing. Well, especially because they set up, they set her up as when she says, oh, I'm going to get an education and get a job. And the mom's like, no, fuck them. Yeah, when she says, no, you need to bring home a man. I'm not <laughs> thinking like, she oh, needs shit. to bring home a man. Right. Well, she said men. <laughs> Eat them. Yeah, men. Men. Yeah. Yes. It's like, and, what? and that's the thing, too. It went over my head, you know, like I saw it as man. I didn't see the men part. Right. So it was kind of just like, yeah, whatever. My first time around, I was like, oh, typical. You know, and I didn't really think much of it. And I do like that. And just like something as small as, you know, oh, maybe next year you'll have enough cabbage to, you know, make enough kimchi as mm-hmm. you want. You know, I was I never really thought of it that way. You yeah. know, I'm like, wow, I guess kimchi is precious. I fucking okay. love kimchi, but I never thought of it <laughs> as something like, you know, like this is gonna this is gonna yeah. last this is this is something that we aspire to have yeah. more of. So I did like that. I did like the idea of like showing 
where they were in terms of class, how mm-hmm. society views them, how they are amongst their own community, you know, how not only the um, daughter is viewed, but how the mom is viewed also. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that whole idea and how we get introduced to all of those relationships. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it plays more on the pressures of society in terms of when we see her in nursing school, right? Where we see the other, we're introduced to her friend, Young Jaw, who just found a man and everyone's like, oh my God, you found a man. And maybe you don't have to finish school right now. It just for me, it was just like wow, you know, just at a time where it's like finding a man is a good uh, equal to uh, 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 education, right? It's a good substitute. It's better than better, even yeah, like you said, even better. Better than you know, it's like we prefer you have a man first. If you right. want to go educate yourself with a man, right. I guess, but like <laughs> definitely have a man first. Right. And I, I love the sequences when they go for the speed dating stuff and getting to meet some of the um, the other guys and how the guys react when she mentions Judy Garland and, get, and the guy's like, you're going to watch the American propaganda? I was just like, damn, yeah. okay. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, shit. I guess so. <laughs> I guess and, happiness in songs is propaganda. Right? <laughs> and I, I don't know if you guys caught it. Or maybe it's me reading too much into things. The, the, one of the other guys that she kind of connects with who also likes Judy Garland, Judy Garland, I get a sense that he was gay because Young Ja ends up with him. And, and I get a sense that Young Ja is also gay and they know each other kind of thing. And because the way he talks about like, I couldn't Judy tell if she was flirting throughout the whole episode. Yeah. I, I think, like oh yeah. Happened, I think know? there's something there. So I think, cause he, she ends up with that guy and I think that guy's gay. And so they have like a thing where they both pretend, cause you know, especially at that time where you couldn't be open yeah, to gay communist. Yeah. <laughs> right. You'd have to Oof. kind of find some kind of excuse. So you have, they had everyone would have beards and stuff. Um, Mercedes, we finally get the official um, visual for what happened. Did you recognize the guy? He's from um, Heroes. He's one of the actors in Heroes. Oh, yeah. The guy she right. ends up killing. You're right. How did you feel the first time you saw the tales coming out? Um, like, my whole reaction, that whole scene was, I was like, the entire time just like mouth <laughs> open, just like, wait, what's happening? Oh, oh. So, but it was a mix the of like, show. like right. <laughs> shock, awe, and just like, damn. no, you went from like, ooh, sexy to whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> that's especially that's, the eyes popping out the eyes. That's right? when, uh-huh. and I think that's when my mouth completely dropped because I was like with it, where I was like, okay, this is weird. But then when I saw the furry eye thingies, I was like, uh, uh. Yeah, because uh, at first I thought it was tendrils. Then I realized, no, those are tails. Those yeah, are there's hair it's on not, them. Yeah. Not, those te- are like tarantula legs or like, <laughs> no me gusta. Mm-mm. Can I speak to the manager? I want to return this. Like, no. Yeah, no. We're going to clean this mess up. Yeah. We get the explanation that we find out that, you know, her mother had, had done, made an agreement that she kills or gets the souls of 100 men she gets to get her daughter back, quote unquote. And at this point, she's killed 96. But uh, we find out that she's something called a Kamiho. And uh, without going into detail, Sadie's, do you have some information to kind of briefly explain what a Kamiho is? A Kumiho is... A Kumiho. Uh, yeah, it's something that I think all of our anime fans would recognize from Naruto or Love, Death, and Robots. It is a nine-tailed fox. A nine-tailed fox comes from Chinese mythology, um originally but because everything branches off and everyone takes and makes their own story um it is used in korea japan and all other asian countries to tell a different story but the bottom line is that it is a female depiction so not always it can sometimes be a trans 
character as well because it can turn into a female. So it doesn't always necessarily have to be 100% female, which is why it's cool when you see it in different variations. But in our story, she is strictly female. Um, and then the female then consumes either the heart or the liver. And if you remember human biology, the heart is one of the main things other than the brain to keep the body like going, but also your liver. You can't live without your liver because it detoxifies your body. But I think it's interesting because you and Raven, like I've obviously seen anime and I watch different Korean dramas and for things from other countries. So like I perceived her mother's relationship a little bit differently. Like I already knew something was wrong because when she said to bring a man home, I like, wait, wait she's in school so technically to bring on to the family like if she's in like that should be okay so there was already like red flags for me but then mm. once it got to the kumiho part and you heard why the mother was alone it truly made sense because it didn't make sense to me like why she was trying to blame the daughter mm. for like the reason why there was no husband in the home i, I just love how it's cleaning the blood afterwards it's like damn you're just used to this that gets thick okay we know what to do next. Like the guts, though. <laughs> it wasn't just blood. It was like pieces. Right? Um, one of the interesting things about this episode is how time passes. Because I realized second viewing that a lot of time passes from the beginning to the end of the episode. Almost like maybe even months to years. Right? Because she goes through her whole nursing school to actually becoming a nurse. Um, I like the scenes in, in the camp, you know, showing the other American soldiers treat them like even though they need their help. It's like he's going to treat them like shit. And, and, Getting closer to Young Jar and seeing that uh, um, Young Jar is probably a communist, you know, secretly, but telling her, you know, what, I don't, you know, I'm not going to cause you any shit. I don't, I don't care what you're doing. And then just seeing what the Americans are doing or standing by and seeing her fellow uh, people being ha- hanged. And then realizing that, you know, I think throughout all this, you see how she sees what soldiers are doing, that they're killing, they're killing machines. And then realizing to her mom that she doesn't want to kill anymore. You know, so Raven, I'll talk to you about that. You know, there's that moment where you realize that Jaya isn't the Jaya her mom thinks he is. Exactly. So is it Jaya that doesn't want to kill or is it right. the Kumiho that has become because it's the Kumiho has been here too long? So it's, I thought that that was an interest. Yeah. Well, not even too long. It's alluded that the, the Kumiho was there all along once the mom, once the mom made the deal. Right. right. It was completely swapped out. Yeah. Well, she completely, yeah. Yeah. Which I, I did. Uh, that was like my favorite. It's just like when she's like, oh, reciting this. That's the song she used to sing. Yeah, yeah no. as tough as it was, I think <laughs> no. for me, like, that was yeah, like, that, that was way. my oh shit. That yeah. was like the scariest moment. Right. So despite all the blood and gore, I feel like the moment of realization that, you know, this mom, as, as much as you've been raising this quote unquote daughter, you don't really know much about her because you've chosen to see only your daughter and not mm-hmm. the fact that you know the spirit that you asked for inhibited your daughter's body um and i loved it i love the switch mm-hmm. you know because she went from you know just talking to her oh i want my daughter back you know and then she starts singing the, the nursery song and what is what did she say suni yeah she's like that's she's what my like, daughter used to she say. called her name that scared the shit out of me <laughs> right? like, oh. it's like, like you know like just not saying mom was like right? oh you know but um I think that, yeah, that she's saying, like, you were a pariah. He baited you. Like, I was like, oh, oh ooh, shit. Ooh. Mm. Like, there's just so many shots fired. It was like, um, that's the song he used to sing every time after he violated your daughter. I was like, damn. He exactly used to sing to your daughter <laughs> while he raped her. Like, <laughs> like it, holy shit. It shows she you said, I don't have your daughter's soul. I have his. I have his memories. Oof. Like, 
damn. Because it shows you the flaw of the too. mom, like what mm-hmm. she did. That it's not act like it, the whole episode. You like it eludes, and then you get the hints and the breadcrumbs that it's the dad. And so you're like, oh, negative yeah. towards the dad. It's always the dad's fault. Rape, rape, rape. And then yeah. you find out when he they when the Kumiho switches, and it's like, I'm not who you think I am. You did that swap yeah. to mm. hide and to hide your own guilt to try to fix the mistake. That you know to hide it more. You know she mm-hmm. could have asked support from her from her neighbors and whatever, but she didn't because she was shunned by her neighbors. So what she did was she brought in a spirit to kill her husband, but that didn't fix anything because she still lost her daughter. And that's what I meant by yeah. too late because now the the Kumiho is here and she's like that has has human feelings and it's like starting to attach to people. Mm-hmm. And I think part yeah. of that one it, of the things. No, go on, go on. Well, one of the things I liked a lot, too, about this episode is that this episode touched on a lot of things that I think other shows kind of tiptoe around. Um, I I love the fact that this is, you know, this episode secretly is kind of also about reclaiming your body after sexual trauma, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's very interesting how um, a lot of it unfolds, you know? And, and I think that just something as small as, like, dealing with the fact that, you know, this was your husband, this is what happens. I think the mom has a hard time with coming in grips with what actually happened. And mm. also I love that they touched on the fact that Jaya has an issue, you know, well the Kumiho that's that's how you say it, right? Kumiho? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kumiho. Um the fact that with the memories that she has, she knows that her father, you know, or the father of this girl whose body she has I think it was stepfather, loved right? Her. Your stepfather. Well, no, I, yeah, your stepfather. Is it? Yeah, your stepfather. Um, yeah, because the okay. dad um, saves them out of. That's why she yeah. marries him and ignores the abuse and the rape. Yeah. Because when she gets married, they're saved from shame because yeah. she was had a baby out of wedlock. Yeah. So everybody okay, accepts yeah. their yeah, relationship because yeah, there's the yeah. man in the house. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, I think like you know, with that being said, I think it was like just really interesting all the depths that they went through to kind of fully explain kind of every side of sexual trauma and what happens there and you know between what Jaya's actually going through the Camille spirit and the mom you know how it affects everyone and you know even the process the thought process of the father whose you know memory she has is like really interesting and I love that one of the things that it touched on was her confusion with love mm-hmm. because of her first introduction to it or the introduction mm-hmm. that she knows and all of the memories that she has, all the male memories that she mm-hmm. has, where we only know what her stepdad did, let alone the other 94 souls, mm-hmm. you know, right. whose memories she has. So I think that that is interesting that her idea of love is construed because, you know, she sees love through the eyes of men and a lot of these men that she does see love through the eyes of are predators. One, you know, we, we spoke about the different people that she meets and one of the surprise that is obvious in hindsight was meeting Tick there. You know, um, I didn't expect to see Tick in this episode, even though it kind of makes sense to see Tick in this episode. But our first meeting of Tick, you know, the character we've gone so attached to, Michael talked about that, just seeing Tick kill her friend who's suspected as, as a, a spy. How did you feel about your, our boy Tick in that moment? Okay, so to fully, I guess, <laughs> grasp that uh, is learning the backstory of where that all kind of came from and in history, you know, you know, as we know, it was like, you know, Korea was being now liberated from the fallen Japanese empire. Uh, Russia wanted to continue 
their campaign once uh, Germany was defeated. And so they were going after the northern territory of Korea trying to install their own leaders. But the UN wanted to do their way. And so that's kind of became how South and North became separated through uh, backed Russia and China and then versus the UN with most of the U.S. military, pretty much 90% of the military was backed uh, by the U.S. So, um, and also the U.S. was now coming off of what we can probably claim as the last win. Uh, so we're now feeling like the big superpower just from five years <laughs> ago. Um, and then also now at the time, if you were in North Korea, you were a uh, prisoner of war, tortured and killed. And if you were in South Korea, if you were even suspected of being a communist, you were shot. So that went along with not only people in South Korea, but also with the army, as you can tell with Atticus. So clearly this is something he's been used to. Mm -hmm. And he didn't hesitate. Couldn't mm -hmm. really tell if maybe he believes in it or not, because he's probably been through enough mind games as it is. You don't know who to trust at this point. This has been going on now for uh, probably like a year. He just got in there. Um, so while he may not enjoy it, he probably has a part of him that believes it. Like, no, you're mm -hmm. probably a spy and we don't have any reason to trust any of you. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do what needs to be done. And he did this on purpose. He volunteered for this. Doesn't mean that he wants to in his heart. I'm sure we all know him by now. So It plays in a couple of themes we've seen throughout this show. One being that um, our master's tools, right? We only know the tools in which they give us to play with. So we can't think beyond what we're told to do. And right. then that carries on. We spoke about this with, with Ruby's episode, right? And how we, we tend to keep, the cycle keeps on continuing. And, and, and another aspect of this is when Tick mentioned, I ran away to the war to get away from my, to get away from being like my father or his anger, but the war found it in me. And this is, we're seeing it, right? You know, yeah. we're actually seeing it, his fears coming to, to, to fruition. But then I like how that's juxtaposed when, when Jayas meets him in the hospital, right? And he doesn't, obviously doesn't recognize her. And his frustrations are just seeing him from seeing him as this person to kill her friend to seeing him helpless and, and vulnerable. And can't help still be on Jayas' <laughs> side. Like, you know right? what? I don't feel like I don't even know you anymore, chick. I love that. Right? We were all mad at him. We were like, Ew. <laughs> We don't like you anymore. You can't sit with us. Yeah, like the second, yeah. third time I saw that episode, I skipped it. I was like, <laughs> if I don't see it, it didn't happen. I I yeah, like fuck out of here. That's not tick, man. I like it's not my tick. And, and we I'm see in denial. Our book, The Count of Monte Cristo, get uh, returns, and you know we get more context as to why again this book means a lot to him, right? We we start seeing more of that, and I like how they had that conversation. And you see that she's more of a movie buff where she's like, the ending is like this. And he's like, yeah, that's the book ending. I mean, that's the movie ending. The book ending is different. And I wonder if that's a subtle nod at the show. Mm -hmm. You know, like a wink, wink. Yeah. I think you know? so. Yeah. I think that's why it's one of our It'll cultural be different. references for like the episode. You know, just to throw that in there so we don't have to like bring it back later. But, you know, if we're going to talk about it now, but definitely for sure. It's like the differences between the movie and the book. And I, I like that. I almost think it was like a Martha, Martha moment where like, Martha. <laughs> you, you like Count of Monte Cristo? I like Count of Monte Cristo. Oh man, I've never met anyone like you. Martha, Martha. That's official, guys. Hashtag Martha, 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 Martha. Martha. That's a thing. Hashtag Martha, 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 Martha moment. It'll never be that <laughs> right. bad. I mean, not on this show, but it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. We get moments where you know Tick and and Jayasta slowly fall in love, and I like the moment when she turns up at the army base, 
and has to pretend to be a hooker because that's the only way she can get in right and it, it, that in itself speaks a lot right that in order for for certain people of color or women to fit in certain places you have to come as a perceived i just thought it was a nice coat <laughs> no but the guy says the guy even mentions like oh she wanted the hookers and he makes a joke about no, it the, the, the korean american guy <laughs> but what i like about that mo- one of those moments is when they have the conversation and she says to the korean american guy you know what are you doing here isn't it great in america you know because again it shows you perception right they don't realize that and taking the and the guy says yeah it's great but not for us you know like the, yeah <laughs> did you meet judy garland huh <laughs> right if, huh. if he was a driver and i, I like was a houseboy looked at her like bitch are you crazy like, yeah exactly are you, are you asking us if judy we garland said, she she even of my skin like what Tick was like we drive right like car. you think friends of judy garland's out here shooting people <laughs> shooting commies in the street no i don't think so and then it also shows us that while tick wanted to go out to walk to escape his issues with his dad this other guy was forced he's like you know i'm an outsider there i'm an outsider here you know they but they forced me into their war and that's another thing you, you see with a lot of immigrants that you know that move abroad you know i've kind of had to deal with this myself i was born in zambia and southern africa moved to england when i was younger and came to america so that sense of belonging for me is also i understand that it's weird because i go to africa back back there i'm i'm that guy from england you know or go to, you know <laughs> that guy from america i'm always that guy from the other place and and so i, I kind mm. of understood his mom his frustration is that moment where it's like either way i'm an outsider depending it you know wherever i go um but you know what tick as much as i got mad at him i did appreciate that sentence yeah, it right? gave a lot of depth to that so just one little line but i was like yeah said ask him he volunteered but raven which was so true right but raven i want to talk to you about uh tick swag you know making that little makeshift movie theater in the background hey i thought that was kind of hey. would have got me easy <laughs> probably wouldn't have taken that much honestly but I'd panty drop um, <laughs> yeah because instantly i was like god damn it because at first i can't lie when i when we all saw what tick did which was hard for me it's hard for me to forgive him you know mm-hmm. like even as a viewer i was like i don't know now you me know too. I, don't, I don't know me if i can too, get girl. through the rest me of the season mm-hmm. um you know and and then it was like, I was also thinking to myself, but how, because I know what she becomes to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, or at least we've had hints to, to what she becomes. So I think for me, all I could think was like, but how can you bounce back from that, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, throwing together a makeshift fucking, you know, movie theater in the middle of the trenches. kind of Especially it's, back yeah, then. It's cute. It wasn't even, a, I thought it was going to be the old movie, like the one Meet Me in St. Louis again. He brought out the new new, the oh, newness. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That would be like yeah. if somebody set up Tenant on a rooftop for you and was like, let's watch a movie. And you showed up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, tenant. you can get the panties. It's, it's a real thing. Like, right? It. right? <laughs> it's IMAX. Yeah, it's like you got it. You got it. Watch right. it. It's like my best friend might understand. I like no. the line. I like the line where he said he says to her, "You got lost in in movies. I got lost in books." And then and the I did love I that like, line because yeah. I felt like instantly it was like it was almost a line to the audience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is why, all right. <laughs> like for those of you that are still like, but no, this is why mm-hmm. they they both escape. Mm-hmm. Okay, to similar places. Mm-hmm. Martha, Martha, you're fine. Um, <laughs> and, and then. But yeah, I, I did I did love it. I felt like it was a really sweet moment. I feel like we always have these moments with Tick because I can't lie. Um, what's the actor's name? Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan, what am I? I always want to say Myers. Jonathan Majors. 
Um, for me, I think from episode one, I was like really not attracted to this man at all. And like, for most of the episodes, like, ah, but he does things that I'm like, fine. I get well, it. I think he grows Whatever. on you. He's I think he does it. He does. Because at first I really like, I didn't like his expressions. I, w- I just wasn't into him, you know? So I think as the show goes on, it's like you understand everyone's relationship with Tick. I think, you know, it makes sense. I understand why the ladies are spooning. You know, he works hard. He's a romantic. It's like, that's, that's nice. And I think another aspect of Tick, and I want to go into this next with you, Sadie's, you know, the scene where Tick and, and, and JR have sex. You know, I think part of one of the reasons why why the ladies love Tick. My wife says this too. She says she, she doesn't find him physically attractive, but there's something about him. And I think because the character... I just said the same same thing. <laughs> He's not... But I think part of he that... He doesn't do it for me, but man. I think part of that is that, <laughs> like the next scene where he he's not afraid to show his vulnerable side. You know, when he tells her that he's a virgin. You know, he almost like... I think for me, one of the biggest things too, when he was crying in the hospital. Right, exactly. I he's think, you know, afraid. I don't know if it's the woman in me, but man, something <laughs> to fix... Some broken, beaten down. It's like, oh, let me, let me fix you. I can help. Um, so I think for like a lot of the females watching that, I feel like that they were playing on that. You know, they're like, oh, you get it, you get it. You want to fix him up when he was crying after throwing it, it, exactly. his book, like all oh, those little bookworms so like, read can't read his little chapter. <laughs> you know, it's, you can't it's read too the much. book that you already read fifty million times. You want me to it read you the last chapters? Classic for, you know? Florence Nightingale syndrome, right there. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's like you got me but again bastards. and then i feel like I that's topped off by when he's like sorry sorry it's my first time she's like oh i you know like i have to definitely that's what i'm saying <laughs> like you can't kill him it's come seconds. on right like granted we know he doesn't die right. but a part of me was like maybe tick has been dead this whole time right. there's no way he's escaping those nine <laughs> tails like there's no way like throughout the whole episode i was like maybe Tick has been like Letty this whole time where like and she did kill him. In this sex scene we see the first time that JR's having sex because she wants to, because she likes the person. You know, she holds back her abilities and she starts getting in there with Tick until she tells him to leave, you know, and she saves his life essentially, right? I thought that, again yeah. this show this show continues to <laughs> She did she? Right? This show continues to sh- to also shoot sex scenes very artistically. You know, like it's so artistic because even the ugly ones, right? even the bad ones, <laughs> I'm still like, wow, that lighting. Color? Right. That's the thing. You know, like, I'm not looking at titties and stuff feeling horny. Even that terrible like, sex scene with Montrose right? that made me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> the lighting was beautiful. I'm like, this is beautiful. Set set. Design, <laughs> art direction. Right. Yeah. And I love that. I felt like it was the first time you got to see her have emotions, which shocked her. Yeah, the second and movie. that's what her mom says. You know, that's the thing that her mother keeps drilling into her. You can't feel you're mm-hmm. a monster. You can't feel and um, one of the themes in this episode that we didn't touch on yet is, um, you know, just the theme of, you know, expectation, trying to meet expectation and trying to be someone that you're not for the comfortability of others, whether it be, you know, in your close relationships with like the parents or, you know, even relationships amongst friends, peers, you know, this is all about, you know, this is society's perception of you. This is what you're supposed to be. And this is what you are. Right. And, um. I did love, I felt like that, you know, all of the sex scenes were very honest to that. And it, it felt very raw mm. in a way. And you feel very vulnerable with them. And I love the way that it's portrayed, you know, because we see her shock because it's the first time mm-hmm. Jaya has felt anything, mm-hmm. you know. And I did love the way that it was shown. And then, you know, eventually when they do have sex for the first time, she's really gentle, mm-hmm. you know, and is there for him. And, you know, and is uh, comforting. Mm-hmm. 
you know, which I feel like for her, it's the first time, obviously you never made it to that point, mm-hmm. you know, where after sex, you're able to hold somebody mm-hmm. usually they're in pieces. So, or it's I did always love, sexual um, trauma, like, cause she was yeah. abused. Like there's never ever been like a, she's silver... probably thinking to herself, this is so much cleaner. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? There's um. never been a silver lining for a sexual experience for Jaya. So the first time she does do it as a kumiho with him, it is totally this transformative experience. And then it's interesting because that's when you see the kumiho as its own separate person versus uh, something that was transformed from the daughter because the kumiho is then understanding its feelings and like wait i don't want to kill this person because this is how it's making me feel but we already know from pre- previous scenes that that's not jaya really so it's a whole mm-hmm. new level of psychology and understanding and like you know person- personification of a being yeah um, and it's the first time you get a hint that like both jaya and tick can be who they would like to be mm-hmm. you know that they can break out of this monster persona right which, which actually takes me to my next point um you know we get to see the two of them bonding again i spoke earlier at the beginning of the episode that we get a lot of time passing and i think they spend a lot of time together it's insinuated that it's not just a few days uh we get even montage of them playing in the snow and things like that um and they be- both begin to bond and you know Jaya, one of my favorite scenes is when jaya opens up tells the truth to him you know about what, that she rem- she recognizes him as the one that killed her, her her friend, and he says, "Then why did you do all this?" And I love that it switches and said, "You know, it speaks on what Raven just touched on. Society's tell her mother has told her she's a monster. Society's told him he's a monster. You know, he's only good for mm-hmm. as a black American man to American government is to be a killing machine. Outside of that, you're not useful. Mm-hmm. So they're both told they're monsters, and she's she's like realizing we can be more than what we're told we are." You know, the scene almost starts off saying like she's gonna break up with him or have conflict, but or she starts it off yeah. right. But it's, she's like, like no, we can be more than this. You know, it, there's a line where she's like, "The first time I saw you in the hospital, the anger shot through me like lightning. All I could see was my uh, friend's acting, murderer." Though. Right? It's just like what? I was at home, almost ugly crying. I was like silent crying right? away her faces. It's uh, like we've done <laughs> monstrous things. I felt we all felt that, yeah. yeah. And it's also it's not just. Uh, it's also taken her perspective that she's playing a spirit. Spirits don't have friends. Spirits don't have feelings. You know, she was really it. meant to just be summoned to do one purpose, and it was mm-hmm. just to annihilate this guy. You know, but now you know she's spent enough time. She's got to do a hundred guys or blow up a hundred dudes, um, and now she's realizing this: what it's like to become human and not so much a monster that she was brought into this reality to be. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a monster and different senses on either side so uh to see these two clash to see how they compare to each other and somehow come out as lovers uh was probably the most most depth in the in this episode that Mm -hmm. we've seen maybe in the in in the series you know when it comes to that like yeah like tick and letty are a great couple but then these two that this was on another level you know this was um well he's in love with the spirit mind you yeah so like this is uh yeah Yeah, that's true he's not in love with jaya he's in love with the the yeah and and this is this this is when they have the proper sex and she can show she she proves that she can control the monster in her right she can actually control it if she wants to and she gets to feel real love like raven said to, it gets to the point where she can feel the aftermath of it as well you know and 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 fully 
be in a place where she wants to be, not because her mother says so, society says so, or whatever, or it's forced upon her. It's what she wants. And, and, and I love this idea that, you know, we're not the monsters they make us to be. You know, it's like we're only monsters because we're forced to be monsters. We're forced to have this life where if we could have the life we wanted, we wouldn't be the perceived monsters that we are. And Raven, I want to talk to you um, after sex. I feel, get a sense that Jaya wants to tell Tick about her, about who she really is. You know, she tell, even tells him briefly the story about the Kumiho, you know, but mm-hmm. and, 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 and they talk about being together and, and, and him um, almost leaving to go back. And she's like, no, I want to stay with you, blah, blah, blah. But then they have sex, and that's when, boom, you know, the flashbacks. Ooh, first His <laughs> eyes actually got suctioned. Right. It's hard to come back from. It's like, you see. <laughs> like, not only were you, like, being wrapped around by, like, what feels like, we, I'm assuming, We only lights, saw the like, holes from the front that got filled, guys. So, like, he was violated in every way. Shape yeah. Also, um, yeah, Misha Green posted the artwork for this episode which is actually in my image i don't know if y'all can see mm. but there's like the tendrils the the tendrils. his oh, yeah, penis is also it's very attached. much it was like, very much tentacle porn yeah if, if like y'all, a mean, tail also animation. attaches to his penis <laughs> <laughs> like mm-hmm. one of those nine so also think of that um you know it was it was a really tough scene to watch it's it's a tough scene to watch because it's like we all kind of grow to love you know the cameo in this moment and you know or as of now and it's like we completely love their relationship i'm here for it it's like damn it tick you know just let her explain which at the same time though i was if i was him there's nothing i would run say to me i'm I'm sorry sorry. i'd be out like Like. there's there's no real way to explain (laughs) that it's the truest form of violation because it starts off as sex and then, you know, when she starts like it's with... it's worse it, than finding out. Yeah, it starts yeah. out as sex, right? And then, you know, when the tails first start coming out, you're like, whoa, what's happening? And then when the tails start doing what they do, it really ta- it takes your soul and your memory. So it's the truest form of violation for a human. You're not just taking the person's mm-hmm. sex. You're not taking the person's, you know, strength. You're taking the whole, like, the soul, the, per- the essence of who they are. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna leave yeah. you to explain that. I no, I'm running. Maybe later if you talk to me later. But in that moment, I'm running. Yeah, I, I, yeah. and that's why you. Yeah, like I'll <laughs> call you. That's why Maybe, it was heartbreaking right. and beautiful because you felt bad for both of them. Like you wanted the time right. for Jaya to explain, mm. but then you knew, like, nah, that's a lot for that poor man. Uh-uh, nope, right, my nope, my naked go. butt is out of there, yeah. man. Too like. <laughs> you just raped just... you raped you raped my whole being. Yeah. But Raven, Raven, we see some clips Spirit. though, and we see because you know she usually sees memories, but we also see things that mm-hmm. seem to be that haven't happened yet. Because if Tick is a virgin and the yeah. only other person he's so, slept with, who is that person he's in bed? Yeah, with? so I'm like, who's that girl? Uh huh. With the titties out. Um, <laughs> is that Letty though? Without a head? No, no that's it's not. not. I rewinded it like three times. That's no, some that's random some brown queen. So it's a darker woman. Nah, I paused, I rewinded. I was like, who that woman? <laughs> um, but no, it, it definitely isn't anyone. Like, that. And then we um, see some things about maybe Tick getting killed, dying. Yeah. He's hung up on something. It well, wasn't... we already know he's going to die because that's what she was told. He's going to die. Also, though, before he met Letty, there was like a baptism. So I think like what she saw may have been like, I don't know if it was metaphoric or literal. You know, that's the thing that I wonder moving forward. Because it's like some of the things that we know happened, the way she saw them was slightly different. So I'm interested to see if those things did happen. We didn't see them. 
Or is it just that everything that she's seeing is kind of metaphoric and she's going to have to, like, decode, you know? Because, like, there was a baptism, then he sees Letty. So I'm wondering if the baptism was kind of his rebirth when he was, you know, going to the other portal kind of thing, you know? Because that wasn't shown in the flashes, which she would have seen. I think, I think, but I think the flashes were selective. And I think those flashes are things that haven't happened yet. But I also think the fact that she was trying to tell him not to go it means that these are things that can be stopped if he doesn't go down a certain path, right? It's not like it Mm. will happen. It's like, it can be stopped if you don't. Well, it's like the whole battle of destiny. Exactly. Right. It's It's that that whole thing. I think it's a prophecy that it's more rather than, than, than than it being kind of misconstrued. I think it's a prophecy that can be stopped if he chooses not to chase it. It's one of those. That's why she says, don't go home. Definitely. Right. But I mean, also as a general theme of every episode has been people telling Tig right. to not proceed, <laughs> and Be him kind of what you just wish completely for. ignoring everyone. Right. Like his dad is going through many lengths to get mm-hmm. Tick to just stop. Just, same as Jaya, but then, you know, same as uh, even Letty to some extent. Everyone's been like, just stop doing, stop going down this path. And every time he's like, but I read this, so I'm going to just check this one thing out. <laughs> I mean, if I had a, if I found out that my great, great, great ancestor was some super badass person, I feel like I would, I would pull some threads myself to try and find out. I mean, I wouldn't let it go either. You're not doing anything <laughs> no. else. Like, you literally just came back from it's war. Like, wait, my... A nine tails just tried to like, just like rape you. You found like, out that your, it's, it's a lot. your ancestors were white and some like crazy cult people. Yeah, I want to know. You know you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Now we know there's magic. Right? People magic don't die. Exists. People for do real. die. Like that's the thing. You also know that people come back from the dead. Your whole girlfriend like died and came back. So like, do you really care you, anymore? You've seen too much. Well, actually, that's one thing I like about this episode. It reminded us. It took us to tick pre seeing magic tick. So the fact that he's seen the the the, the 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 kumiho, it almost kind of gives us a reason for why he doesn't react too crazy later on because he's like I've seen this shit it also before. makes sense why he's so chill with exactly. every it's single like, thing Letty does I've seen this shit before he's like yo as long as you don't sprout tails we're good <laughs> just like right no um, tails that's my only rule and then we're good Sadie's I want to talk about the final part of the episode you know they go back to, um, Jaya and her mom go back to the shaman that had given you know that the, had granted this wish to, to the mother and and, and the shaman says you know there's many more deaths to come before this is over dun 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 she said you haven't even embraced your darkness Mm-mm. you'll see countless deaths this is without it done it's like this is without the darkness what we've seen so you know <laughs> what does this all mean i do we think is jaya gonna come over to the states you know is she gonna um i think that darkness is gonna come because jaya is gonna get her heart broken i think we all know where that's coming um, since we know Not that Jaya, yeah, like Jaya's already been able to have communication with him. And in 2020, if you can text somebody and you can always meet up and reach somebody. So we can see it in this time period when they have to do an operator call to all the way to another country and they're still able to communicate. I am definitely foreseeing that Jaya is going to make her little booty all the way to the U.S. and I, I think that's going to be a force to be that reckoned with. That's a nice with. booty, by the way. I wasn't expecting Everybody's that. got a nice booty in this show. This right? is a show of nice booty. I think booty. that was a requirement. Right. I right. think it came with reading. Turn around, turn around, please. Put your pants <laughs> down. Twirl and all right, we'll call Right? It. We're doing a screen test with booty. <laughs> booty screen exactly. test. Exactly. <laughs> we this just show need your measurements. This show is not about titties. This show mm. is not about the nip. It's about the booty. So let's see what you got. Uh, Mike, I have a question for you. Are you team Tick Letty? 
or Tech Jaya? Dun, dun. Ooh, Raven. Ooh. Sorry, I mean, like, I, I like Letty independently. <laughs> like, yeah, that's because <laughs> Mike is still trying to get in there. He's like, he doesn't mean nothing, hypoth- okay? Like, hypothetical like, world. <laughs> if I fall into that storybook, you know, I can meet Letty. You never know. You know Mike, trying Mike, to push him yeah. that way. Be like, it's okay. You know, like, that's. Um, it's fine. Congratulations, Mike just recently got married. Congratulations, Mike. Congrats, Mike. Dirty Bird Bird got the ring. He put a ring on it. I feel like um, we're all you know a lot of couples. (laughs) A lot of couples have your famous. You know, you know, you have the one who's like your 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 significant other will allow famous person. I feel like for Mike, it's Letty. That's why I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody Selma. in this podcast is like, Raven hey, and Paris oh, have Selma. the same thing. Right. <laughs> Mike, oh. and, uh, Mike and Raven have to share um, Letty between the right. two, their partners. <laughs> so, Raven, what about you? Are you team? My movie totally. Better. Are you team Letty, Letty Tick <laughs> or Tick Jaya? Because that's going to come to a head. That's really tough. Because right? I feel like I'm team Letty Tick, like, friendship forever. Like, I feel like just they're so, like, down for each other mm-hmm. that I feel like that's so hard to find that, like, I hope that if it didn't work out that they would still be, like, yeah. down-ass friends to one another. But it's tough because Jaya is so, like, I feel like her level is so different now, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's with any story that we watch where it's, like, somebody that's immortal is with some human, mm-hmm. you know? So I think just from, like all of the sci-fi shit that I'm into just from how I've seen this play out. <laughs> I'm going to go with team Tick and Letty, you know? She's dead, but, like, she's still a person. And Sadie's. <laughs> <laughs> Sadie's. Yeah, uh, what, what are you? Are you team, you know, to break it even? Mike is team, team Jaya. I am You're going team, to be team Letty. What are the you? Ult- this is going to be the ultimate middle school white girl response where like i just don't want to be put in the middle of everything and just like <laughs> i like really want everybody to just think like i just feel like can't do confrontation right now so like just don't talk to me about it <laughs> uh, so you, you, can't, you can't handle it well i think it will come at some point it will come to a head i think they're gonna um <laughs> i don't i i plead the fifth because i think that either way my heart is going to be broken i've you know, they've gotten me episodes one through what six, no, one through five to get me into this, you know, like, Letty Tick shit. And now, episode six, you got me in a whole, you know, <laughs> Kumiho Tick ship in one episode. Letty is like nuanced, though. I feel like Letty would be like, you know, an occasional third, maybe. And I feel bad because <laughs> she lives in another that. country. Yeah, I feel bad because I feel you know, she doesn't have to be no. here all the time. I feel like this let, show let, let makes like, you... Letty is like the undead now, you know? She might have some new sex. No, but this show like, makes you, know, you like love the undead me. in a spirit. <laughs> but she like I feel like this show is the ultimate like makes you love the other woman because you know Jaya is obviously the main one that's who he broke down all the walls and the barriers but then you know they got broken took up his by virginity certain, took his virginity mm-hmm. and then you know they both had traumas and they didn't have enough time to talk about it and then you know we oh, the show opens with Letty so you know we get invested in this other woman and then you realize like oh no you're like oh no but Letty was there first they were BFS as kids 
but BFF no. doesn't like you weren't <laughs> you weren't vagina friends. You were just best friends. Yeah, that's true. Um, before we finish, Mike, <laughs> um, any differences from the book in this episode? Um, yeah, no, not not much. Just uh, everything. It was, it was the whole episode. <laughs> it was just rich. It was the only thing that was mentioned in the books was that he was in Korea, and then HBO was just like, "Okay, we'll write that part. Don't worry." <laughs> HBO said, "We got it. We'll, we'll go there. We'll, we'll figure we'll it out from here." Um, Sadie's. This episode doesn't have that many cultural references. We mentioned Judy it's Garland. One, but it's yeah, the main one. Yeah. It's the main one that's nuanced throughout the whole show. It's Meet Me in St. Louis, which is a 1945 film starring Judy Garland. Um, and Jay Jaya resonates with the main star, uh, Judy Garland. The song, um, which is shown throughout the whole movie, me, um, it's called the trolley song from Meet Me in St. Louis. So listen, that's all you need to know. And then the voiceover at the end was actually a voiceover done by Judy Garland talking about an interview of how she reflected on her life. So that was where that kind of played in when Jaya and her mother went to go see the shaman. But that's I loved it. how that was used, by the way. It's unexpected. I wouldn't ever think to put it this, that visual and that voiceover together. But in the context of the whole episode, like we yeah. said at the beginning of this podcast, where it talks about, you know, what expectations versus reality. You know the Judy Garland's mm. reality of what happens. I recently, well, not recently, a few years ago, I saw her the Judy Garland movie with what's her name, Renee Zellweger. It was last year. That was yeah, last, yeah, last year. Not, yeah. yeah, that was literally last year. So I think that's why it was like nice that they did this. And it's mm. from if any of you Judy Garland fans are out there, it's called Judy Speaks, and it was just basically like her talking and reflecting about her life. Um, again, we mentioned that um, uh, this episode also brings up uh, Count of Monte Carlo, Monte Cristo. Uh, the book mm-hmm. and it's funny i bring that up because this past week a top google search was alex alexander dumas black question mark <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. yes okay yes yes he was yes um also wrote one of my favorite books uh, uh um the three musketeers i love that mm-hmm. i love that story but that was the first cultural reference that we yes. mentioned so that's why i didn't yes. mention it um yeah i love this episode uh this episode is great once again we only have four episodes left, though, guys. Dun dun dun. We had a. But I'm also like, how are you going to bridge right? all this? Right, I think there's a lot to what go. Do you... I literally can't even <laughs> explain what this show is about. Right. It's like, it's like here's the world, and these are things that happen in the world. Thank which God. Is fine. They... But I'm like, what the hell is this about, though? <laughs> you know, Raven, you're like, going to have to read. What's it about? You're going to have to read the book, like we all, the three of us, are going to do. You're going to have to do it. I, I think you, I think you can. I think this one. <laughs> no, but will I feel make like. I mean, I'll read it. I feel like after this episode, it's like. I feel like after this episode, if you read the book, you're like, well, fuck that shit. This is all not in the book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> true. It doesn't even matter. It's kind of like Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones, the book. There's no point to really watch like Game He's of Thrones. Have well, as long as in the end, Letty doesn't just set fire to all of Chicago, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that like, note. Just let it burn. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thank you, Mercedes. Thank you, Dave. Thank she you. just sets fire to only South <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. That's, that's a Game of Thrones. Thank you, Thank Rocket you. Mike. Thank you, English <laughs> and American Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Raven, as always. Thank you. My name is English Dave, and this has been a Nerdy Bunch review of Lovecraft Country Episode 6. And uh, as always, Raven, keep it nice. Peace, guys. Peace.